This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. and just relax. two weeks ago when I got paid. I guess this would have to wait until next month. overbearing and boring and you don't fit in with the people you work with. Now that you've lost this job, what are you going to do, huh? You're not going to be able to pay those bills anymore or support your family either or buy food to eat. What will everyone think about you? You just got laid off. No one will want to associate with you. Do this. You pulled through this before, and you will do it again. Yes, I hope so. But how do I know I'll be able to pull through this time? You're not going to pull through. You won't be able to cope this time. You have way too many things on your plate, and there's no one to help you. No one. Don't listen to him. You can do this. 
You've helped some of your friends go through this. You have a whole support network waiting to help you. Ugh! I don't know who to listen to. I don't know what to do. You don't need to worry about what people think of you. Your family loves you. And they always will. God loves you unconditionally. And he'll always be there for you. Vivian. All that matters is what people think of you. You need to be liked, or else, what do you do then? Well, it's important for people to like me, but I can't control what others think of me. What matters most is what God thinks of me. But what if I don't get another... <sighs> you have so many people who will be willing to help you. God has used you to bless others and you always reap what you sow. But you don't know if people are going to help you or not. Why would they want to help you? They're going through their own different challenges. They don't want to have to deal with yours too, you know. Stop! Oh, enough with all these evil voices! Vivian? Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye.
we shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of. I wanna know whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of I want to know whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Say, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen and amen. What a wonderful time and encouraging time to know that no matter what the enemy says, that's a final word. Amen. And the final word is from your heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for hitherto you have brought us in this worship service. As we look into your word, let your word look into us. May we see you as you are and may your word work for us. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, just in the next few minutes, and then fully we'll pray and minister situations and circumstances. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Somebody say, All joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I submit to you this morning into the earlier afternoon of this very day, the 28th of June, the year of our Lord 2020, that God's plan for you is plan of all joy. All joy, all joy. And, and before, before I, I go a little bit deeper into that, it, it occurred to me that when the Bible says, God, we fill you with all joy, um, uh, there are many angles to look at that. I can look at that from the angle of that you are all joy. You know, when somebody is all happy, all joy, that is inside out, you are all joy. And I was questioning myself. I said, is that your state? Is that my state? Am I all joy? Most likely, most of the answers will be no. The next question, is it possible? And the answer is yes, in the eternal state. At least the Bible says so. In Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, that God will wipe away all, God will wipe away all tears and there shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more tears and crying. 
So we know that. We know that, that in the eternal state, the time is coming when it shall be all joy. I mean, it's just not going to be sorrow in heaven. There's not going to be crying. There's not going to be any disappointment because we call it the eternal state. That's how they call it theologically. But also, I ask the second question, that is it possible now? Is it possible now that you can be filled with all joy? And I look at the scriptures and I find that the answer is also yes. Because Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So it is possible. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18 also says something along that line. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18. It says that we shall be filled with the joy of salvation. I want to tell you that of all the emotions that God has given unto us, I don't think any of those emotions seems to be as beneficial as emotion of joy. Uh, there's, there's none. There's no all kinds of emotion. In actual fact, I believe joy is the emotion that makes life worth living in the moment. In fact, I find that as one of the definitions that I called. He said joy is the emotion that makes life worth living in the moment because it resonates with our core identity. You know, joy is a feeling of ease, appreciation, and meaning. Joy is so central to our life, and so I call it the essence of joy. So if you want to title the message, if you want to title the message, title it, Full Joy. And as the Lord God lives, he's promising us that the second half of this year, beginning in a few days' time, shall be started with the manifestation of full joy. Full joy, full joy, full joy. So the first part of the, 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 the topic will be essence of joy. I believe with all my heart that in one sense, the pursuit of joy is the pursuit of life. We may not want to admit it. <laughs> we, may not want to, we may not even know it, but the truth of the matter is that the pursuit of joy is the pursuit of our life. We all wake up every day. Why do you want to have uh, that job? Because that job will give you resources that will make you happy. Wrong or right? Why do you want to attain to something in life? It's because you will get joy from it. Why do you want to win souls? Because we know joy through it. Why do you want to have that family fully functional and everything going well? It's because that's a pursuit of joy in all our lives. And I also believe, as I think I've written down here, all other emotions, they serve joy. First statement, the pursuit of joy is the pursuit of life. Don't, don't deceive yourself. We, we all live to just be joyful. I don't know anyone. I don't know, sorry, I mean, the more younger ones, they call it sados. I don't know anybody who says sado. You know, anywhere you go, you just don't know. And we all want to be joyful. Am I with you? And are you with me? So, Second point I want to make under the fact that joy is very central to our life is that all other emotions deserve joy. What do I mean? When we look for love, whether to give love or to receive love, is so that we may be happy or joyful. You agree with me? There's no doubt about that. Why do people fall in love? Why do, do, why do they, they have that? There's something joyous that flows out of it. Either the joy between, you know, a parent and child or child and parent or friend and friend or in a marital situation is because something flows in you, makes you happy, makes you joyous. So even the emotion of joy, of love rather, expresses itself in the emotion of joy. The emotion of love expresses itself in the emotion of joy. When we are angry and fearful, joy is in short supply. You agree with me? You see somebody that is angry. I don't know anybody that is angry and joyous. They may pretend to be, 
But something deep within is lacking, and that thing is called joy. Haters are sad people. Have you noted them? Those people that hate, they are usually sad people. Try and have some compassion for them. You know, all these people that you don't know me before, you've never seen me anywhere before, because you see my face on the street, and something begins to rise up within you to harm me, to hate me. I know it's not going to work, no matter how much you try, but you need help. If you're a hater, you need help. You must be very unhappy. It should not, you know, your happiness should not depend, or your joy should not depend upon whether you step on my head or not. You should have sufficient joy within you. If you're an achiever, there's no reason why you should push somebody down. And I can spend all day talking about that, especially in our world, which is so much full of hate in times like this. But above all, I also believe that the desire to live dies when joy dies. And there are many people, I believe, why the Lord stirred my heart about three days ago to zone in on this and talk about joy. There are many of us outside there listening to me today and that will listen to me later on. The Lord says, I'm mindful of you. I know that your joy level has gone so low. If it's like a petrol or like a fuel in a car tank, it's very much in reserve now. And any moment from now, you can't, you're not even sure how far that reserve tank will carry you before you run out. Because the desire to live dies when joy dies. Maybe your joy is comatose now. Maybe your joy is so tired and is so low now, you won't get to the point in which the desire to live will die. Because the Lord will fill you with joy. Joy is in short supply in our time. And the enemy does everything within his power to cut people off from being joyful. We started hearing of five-year-olds getting on antidepressants in our time. And it's very common at very age, late teen years, early teen years. Oh, talk of the older generation. Chalked away, maybe in a care home somewhere. Unhappy. They can't remember the last time they smiled. Because the enemy knows that this very thing that God has created us for, this very main pursuit of our life, if he takes it out, a person's energy is served. Because when the joy of the Lord is there, what do you have? Strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. May the Lord fill you with joy. May the Lord fill me with joy. No matter what we say, oh, take away joy. A person is done. You won't be done. And we have a perfect example in Jesus Christ. So if you want to just go about this religious trip with me, I call it a false religious trip, as if sorrow and heaviness and sobriety is a sign of spirituality. Forget about it. Joy is central to our Christian work. You have to be joyful. You have to be joyful. And we have a perfect example in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that it should be our example. It says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. That's not even where I'm going. I just needed the first part. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. But even at that, he cannot escape the word joy. All I want is that looking unto Jesus, he's the author and the finisher, so a perfect example. And in that example, I will take you through a few things that prove, after I've proven this unto you, we begin to pray. And say one or two things. You will be joyful. I will be filled with joy. Filled with joy in the morning at night. And we just manage. Too many people are just managing. That's why we have so many fake smiles in the church. Fake smiles in the family. 
What about this perfect example, Jesus Christ? I believe that the Lord's life, my Lord and my Savior's life here on earth, was one long story of joy. <clears throat> His life was one long story of joy. And from now on, wherever I am in my journey, I want to key into where he key. But for him, it was a lifelong story. How, why did I say that? Before he was born, <laughs> there was joy about him. Well, Luke chapter 1, beginning from verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. That the babe lived in a womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Follow me carefully. Then she spoke out. That was Elizabeth. With a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Speaking to Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me? Mary said, that the mother of my Lord, that is the child you are bearing, Mary, should come to me. Listen now, verse 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe lived in my womb for joy. Jesus entered into somebody's house as a fetus and he brought joy into that house. Come on, talk of somebody brimming with joy. I mean, he was not yet born. Who was older again? John the Baptist was older, wasn't he? John the Baptist was six months older. Hmm? Because if you read that account, it says that, you know, Elizabeth was, uh, after she was about six months old. And so Jesus was up possibly, if this woman went onto Mary's house, when Elizabeth was six months, when, when Mary went to her house, when Elizabeth was six months old, Jesus was just at the smallest of embryo stage. Maybe Blastosphere's face. Don't let me take you into embryology much. But it was so small, and yet it was exuding joy. Come on. Well, that's too late for me now. Hallelujah. But that not be too late for the child that you're going to give birth to, if you are not giving birth to a child yet. They can be so filled with the power and the joy of God that they affect lives. It didn't stop there when it was born. What happened? Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Even at birth. That was before birth, but at birth. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. His birth was announced as the coming of joy into the world. Let me have speak to it now. Ministry, what happened? Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. He said that is the center part of his ministry. The center part of his ministry, that when sinners are saved, that there is joy in heaven. What about his personal experience? In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, in that our Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father. Luke 10, 21. Personal experience of our Lord. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. He was a joyful person. At death and resurrection, it was full of joy. Behold my hands and my feet. Jesus spoke to them. That it is I myself. That was when he rose up from the dead. Hand do me and see. For his spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he has said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy, they were too happy and marveled. He said to them, have you any food there? And right up to the time, he was caught up into heaven. 
You know, the Bible said that when he was caught up away from them, they were still rejoicing. And they worshipped him, verse 52 of the same Luke 24, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. From now on, my story, your story will be a story of joy. It must be stories of joy. How do we experience joy? Very quickly. Joy is best. And when I was looking for another word to use, I couldn't roll away from the word joy. I said, joy is best enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, you know. We, we, our life shall be suffused. Our life shall be filled to overflowing with joy. And I, let, let me warn you very carefully. Please don't, don't, don't go religious with me about this. You, you just have to be. You just have to be. I just have to be. I just have to wake up in the morning smiling. I just have to go to bed in the night smiling. Rejoicing. I, I just have to. It's, you have to make up your mind. And don't settle for anything less. So how do you experience joy? Number one, don't compromise on joy. Insist on experiencing it. Don't settle for the theology of sorrow. Every sorrow points to a joy. Shall you go through circumstances that are difficult? You tell God, this is taking too long. I need to enter into joy. You must insist on joy. You must insist on joy. Guess what? If you insist on joy, do you know what the first thing that, first that will happen? You'll be more productive. Tell me a person that is productive, that is sad and productive. It doesn't happen. You are productive when you are joyous. So you must insist on it. John chapter 16, verse 22. If you can just get that on the screen for me, please. And I'll make one or two points there. John chapter 16, verse 22. He said, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. What does that look to you? That is, whatever sorrow you are going through now, Jesus is coming. When he comes, you will then have joy, and that joy will be a permanent kind of joy. Now, key that into your situation right now. Come on, key into your situation right now. Whatever it is, whatever it is. He said, now you have sorrow because you're unemployed, unemployed. He said, but I will come to you, and then when you get employment, you'll be joyous. Look at that wonderful clip that we had. I couldn't just but rejoice. Very great actress, the young lady is. You know, she, she demonstrated that joy. It, it, it just helped me. If you cast your mind back onto that particular clip, it has joy. Oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I myself, I was almost dancing. I had some news this morning. I was crying. Not bad news. We are still praying about it. But you see, things good, bad, and I, I cry to God with my heart. You know, and we're going to pray that through. God will show us mercy in that area. It's not from here. It's one of our relations from a faraway country, you know, and going through some difficult challenges, you know, concerning childbirth and everything. And my, 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 my soul was moved. I was practically shedding tears. And I said, Lord, hear the anguish of my heart. I know in the mercy of the Lord that we turn to joy. And as many as I saw situations that, you know, there's an anguish of spirit. So that's why he says in John chapter 16, verse 22, he said, now you may have sorrow for a time, but when I visit you, you will then enter into joy. And when you enter into joy, that joy shall be permanent. That's why that testimony touched me. A woman has been waiting for 25 years, gave birth, devil came a year later to kill them. That's not the promise of God. The promise of God is permanence of joy. And that's why you must insist on joy. He will try to take it away. He will try. Whether for so long to have that pregnancy then begins to threaten. Whether for long, so long to step into that marital situation and then fight start breaking out. Someone was behind it or someone is behind it. It's called the adversary. And so you need to insist on that and say, Satan, I'm not having that in this place. A house has been going very well. You never argued. And suddenly you start arguing. What's going on? Somebody has come to steal your joy. 
You must insist on it. Are you listening to me? You must insist on your joy. Draw a line and insist at home. If any parent wants to give you grief, you say, you're not going to give me grief. If any child wants to give you grief, any sibling wants to give you grief, any uncle, any aunt, don't allow that. Insist on it. Draw a line in the sand. Most of our problem as believers is that genuinely, and I say that with all advisedness and all sense of responsibility, most of the time we don't insist. Look at unbelievers. They insist. You see, because we have this theology of trying to explain everything away. You say, oh, maybe God, and that's, thank God that is dying away. Sometimes believers we struggle before, we then start, we start covering God. Well, how foolish we are. He said, maybe God is using me for your progress. Do your part and insist, insist and say, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's what Jacob did. You know, Jacob was a fraudulent man. And you are covered by the blood of Jesus. The minute anything happens, so the first thing you think about is all my sins that I've committed. It's all my errors. Why don't you chuck that away? I said, Lord, you are bigger than my errors. You are bigger than my sins. Step into my situation. I'm insisting. Insist on joy at work. There are some people outside there who will not want to be happy at that job. Don't allow them. If you are one of those, you report at work, and the first thing you feel, or you don't even feel like going to work. I've been there before. You just, you just hated it. You just said, nah, not again. Getting out of bed was just a chore. And by the time you get to work, well, maybe it's easy now that yeah, everybody's logged in. But as logged in as we are, there are still people on the other end of that email, still people on the other end of that phone line, still people on the other end of that Zoom or whatever you are using that are still ready to give you grief. You will not allow them. Insist on joy. Am I making my point? If anybody wants to make you to be miserable, tell them there's no misery in this place. I'm sure there's nobody in this place. And Paul, the apostle, was a very man, was a good man, very good at that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, thank you, Father. He said, but I determined this within myself. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, but I determined this within myself, that I will not come again to you in sorrow. Did you see that? What did he say? I did what? I determined this within myself. It's my decision. It's my determination. I won't come to you again in sorrow. I said to you, church, and I said to every one of you listening to me, determine within your heart that you won't come to me in sorrow. As I determine, I won't come to you in sorrow. For some reason, I will just make sure it doesn't happen. And the man said, I have a walk around it. He said, for if I make you sorrowful, then who is, who is he who makes me glad? But the one who is made sorrowful by me. So the man was talking in contest about him coming heavily upon them, you know, chastising them and correcting them. He said, look, rather than come to you, you know, complaining. And, and that happens a lot to some of us that we are a little bit by temperament on this side of everything should be prim and proper. And, you know, I can, can throw my day sometimes. I've started learning to that. I'm not going to throw my day. You know, you, if a pen is not put in the right place, figuratively speaking, and I can just disorganize my day. And before I know it, I start not taking it all because of age and maturity in the Lord. I don't take it openly on them again, and then I internalize it, and, you know, I get a little bit grumpy, though smiling or whatever. No, come on, I've determined within myself, that is going to throw me anymore. Will you, are you going to make that decision? Don't, don't, don't let the devil, and such things, they can escalate. It can escalate into which it becomes a lifestyle can escalate in which it can spoil the rest of the good plan of God for you. No matter what report you hear, believe another report is the report of the Lord. It will turn out right. Don't let it sink in. 
Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, neither death or height or dimension. He said, but in all these things, we are more than, we are more than the situation. Amen. Number two, don't only just um, refuse to compromise on joy. Ask for it and work for it. Ask for joy and work for it. You know, the first part is a determination. It's a decision that I won't be sorrowful, but also you need to work for it. And you need, above all, you need to ask for it. God is the giver of joy. John chapter 16, verse 24. He said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Oh, Lord, fill us with joy. Fill us with joy. I hope you are saying amen where you are. Because God has to. God has to. He said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. What does full joy look like? Full joy is the one in which you look at every department of your life, you have something to smile about. Every department. Is it possible? Absolutely. If it's not, the Lord will not say it. That is, and many a times it's good. We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for what we have. But more than that, you need to ask. You say, you say my joy will be full. Lord, I thank you for the joy of salvation. Lord, I thank you for the joy of Holy Spirit baptism. But Lord, this little health problem, uh, my joy is not full there. When shall we solve it? This issue of uh, some marital blessings that you've promised me, we are still on it, Lord. When shall it be? Lord, I thank you for my health. I thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my spirit infilling. But Lord, this money, I've been on it for so long. That's not full joy. Why don't you have a simple conversation with God? Why don't you take his word? Why do we complicate things? If he says your joy can be full, our joy can be full. And I'm not ready to come hard on us and try to make excuses. It's about time we take the word of God literally, literally, literally. Those that got the best for him, they took this word very literally. And they didn't make any excuse for him. I want us to spend a minute or two on our text, which says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Thank you, Father. All joy. Even if I stop now, still got a few minutes on the written down stuff, I think a lot will be achieved. If you stay on the, those, that phrase, all joy. Hmm. When people describe you, describe me now, they won't describe you as all anger, but all joy. Hmm. There are some people like that. And if your life had been all trouble, you'll be reeling from one trouble unto another. The Spirit of the Lord is in the house to change that today. It's a very simple thing for him to do. All joy. All joy. It's like if they paint you like this, what will flow is joy. <laughs> Even when your enemies are coming with all sorts of attack, when they meet joy, they will be disarmed. 
Haven't you seen people that you are very angry with? But by the time you got there, because you know every emotion are linked to joy. You know every emotion rather is linked to joy. All emotions are linked to joy. You know, I mentioned that. They are coming with hatred, but they overflow joy in you. So it is harmed them that it flow out from them, from you, started touching them, and they can't do you any harm anymore. Oh, they went to Jesus, they were going to arrest him. The anointing flowed out of him, they all fell backwards. And Peter was trying to fight for him. He said, what's wrong with you, Peter? The time has come, church, and that will be one of the aspects I want to add on to it. It's going to be on the third session, which I call extended joy. The first part is the essence of joy. The second part is the experience of joy. And the third part should be the extension of joy or extended joy. Joy must flow from us into the surrounding areas. It must flow. We are not made to just, you know, and so you are joyful there. I'm joyful here. She is joyful there. He is joyful there. What a community of joy we will be. Do you know what? We will need to do less of evangelizing by speaking. People come in here. We've experienced it a few times before. A woman came in here. She was sobbing, sobbing rather, for how long? Can't remember. And happens to be the workmate of one of us. And she went to her, to her workmate. She said, what was it? He said, when she entered into this church, she said, there's so much of overwhelming peace and joy over her that she could not contain it. And I know it's still there. But let it increase. Let there be an outflow of joy from us. Under, finally, let me call it finally. I'll use it this time as a conclusion. And I was just listening to something else and I heard somebody say it. So I'll give the um, acknowledgement. What do you call it now? Uh, when you acknowledge something, when people, when you get um, eh? credit, thank you. I'll give the credit to uh, where I got it from. And it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And the person put it nicely. Uh, he said, go for second helping. I put it more, I think, like people, I think it's a common phrase in America, double down on joy. Many of us, when we enter into some joy, we, we act as if there's no other joy remaining. Pile it on. You know, you know why the rich are rich? They are never satisfied with what they have. And riches in any aspect of life, you must have a hunger to, get it, to keep getting richer. If you have little joy and you think that's the end of it, say there should be something deeper than this. You just got promotion. Thank God profusely from your heart and tell God, now this promotion, now let the next one be so big that people will use me as a point of reference. Double down. That's what the apostle says. He said, rejoice in the Lord always again. What did he say? I say, rejoice. Now the special grace and mercy of the Lord you will step into a new realm of joy. Our joy shall be full. Wherever you are, it's time for us to make declarations. It's time for us to receive of the Lord. Today is a day of receiving. And I know that as this word had gone out by the special grace of God, absolutely no one who had opened his or her heart unto the word of God this afternoon we ever, ever 
no sorrow again. You know, uh, you never, never live in sorrow again. I didn't come here to preach theory to you. I came here in the name of the Lord God of Israel to declare the word of life unto you. By the grace of God, your sorrow is terminated today. Every sorrow in our lives, we give them P45 today. They are sacked. We sack the sorrow in our lives. Amen? And we give joy. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.